The Present by Stefan Molyneux, Chapter 7. There was a shocked silence after Jada stormed out, Karen trailing behind. As one, the family drew its chairs around the long white table. Children sat on laps, watching the glittering eyes of their elders. Oliver's grandfather, Richard, spoke first, slowly. As Christians, we have to first believe that the fault lies with us. Sin does not grow in a vacuum, without careful tending, usually by indifference, and we are all guilty of that. He turned to his daughter-in-law. Marie, you most of all really tried to save them, and might have succeeded. We don't know Jada's future, he sighed. What do you think? I think... I think that the world is making crazy people way faster than we can make them sane. There was a low murmur of agreement around the table. Oliver slowly stirred a hummus dip with a plastic fork, watching the grooves like little plough lines. Marie continued. I've seen Jada's social media posts. They are unrelentingly awful. She took a deep breath. It's this modern vanity or intransigence. There is no forgiveness. Allies and enemies, that's all they see. Any and all inequality always results from prejudice or bigotry or hatred. We know the symptoms, Mom, said David. How quickly this all happened. I went to do my missionary work. Then just a couple of years later, it was like I'd returned to a totally different country. We can't fight this in the abstract. We have to figure out what is going on for her, just as Jada. His wife, Jennifer, said, how many times has she been confronted? Marie said, twice, as, as the good book says, once privately, the next time with just a few of us, but it's tough to get her in front of the whole community. She never comes to church. Has she admitted any fault? Richard shook his head. I was there the second time. It's like talking to a robot, a machine. He snapped his fingers rapidly. All the programmed answers just come spitting out. Oliver watched the exchange closely, but said nothing. Diane said, has she shown any interest in a family? Kids? Love? Oh, love is a bourgeois prejudice, you know the nonsense. She frowned. So what is going to tame her? The youngest brother, Keith, laughed. <laughs> Thank heavens she's not here to hear that. Richard grunted. We get one more kick at the can, then she's out, I'm afraid to say. So how do we approach this? Iris raised her hand. Her fiancé, Keith, nodded encouragingly. Richard gestured, Go ahead, this isn't primary school. Iris cleared her throat. <clears throat> is she... Is she an outright atheist? Richard looked around. Anyone? Diane said, I wouldn't put it that way. I don't think she believes in anything, really. She's like a nihilist, but even that has a kind of dark energy that she can't really summon. She, she's just oppositional to everything, even herself. Marie nodded slowly. Rebellious. She turned to her husband. What was that song she was listening to? It gave me goosebumps. Bury a friend. Oh, straight up devil worship. She sighed slowly. Not exactly what I expected to face at my time of life. Her husband shrugged, staring around the table. It's all foretold. We've been preparing for this since we were kids. He turned to his wife. Marie... How have the conversations been going with Karen? Marie swallowed. She's scared. She's an old-school feminist, kind of on the left, but mostly out of sympathy for the poor and, well, you know the type. 
this new approach, this 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 hatred and, and censorship and rage, it's frightening for her. Karen, she actually asked me if I thought she should have stayed with her ex, if that would have prevented Jada from becoming this. I had no idea what to say to that. It's such a mess. I don't know how we can clean everything up or anything. It's kind of everywhere, murmured David's wife, Jennifer. I can't even turn on the news. Richard nodded. Yes, but we are trying to work with one individual, not a whole continent. There was a pause. People outside the immediate family tightened their mouths. Oliver's father, Patrick, turned to him abruptly. Ollie, so quiet. Oliver shrugged, his face set. Unusual. Oliver stared at him. His father frowned. I have the feeling that you would be the best person to talk to her. Oliver shook his head. David's boy, Kyle, asked for a drink. Jennifer got up. What? You're not the best person to talk to her or you won't do it? Oliver scowled. Doesn't matter what I do. Silence. The dark wind whirled through the high trees above them. Why not? She's not beyond hope. Oliver sighed and shifted in his chair. We've talked to her twice. Sure, we can go again, but won't make any difference. She's a machine. I don't see any free will there at all. She's not even admitting there's any kind of problem. We are the problem. Oliver gestured at the air. She has her friends, her media, her podcasts and forums, everything that reinforces what she already believes. She doesn't think outside of it, so she doesn't have anything to compare her proposed actions to. That means no free will. Always has. His mother snorted. But she still has a soul. She can change. What's the evidence for that, Ma? Marie's eyes shifted from side to side. I'm sure you... Don't mean, no, not the evidence that she has a soul, the evidence that she can change. The fact that she has a soul means that she can change. You don't have to lecture me on basic theology, Mom, I get that. But those, Oliver's jaw clenched briefly and he took a deep breath. People like her just double down. They have no idea how to engage in rational discourse or self-criticism or compromise. They have all these simple Easy answers. We all know this, that are totally wrong. Just slogans. Facts don't matter. Reason doesn't matter. God doesn't matter. Science doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is what feeds their anger. But where does it come from? Demanded Marie. Rebellion? It's as old as Lucifer. As old as Adam. As old as Cain and Abel. But this new, modern way. Oliver shrugged, then turned to the table as a whole. Everyone, come on, tell me about the last difficult thing you did, morally. A shiver of glances ran around the table. His father said, I confronted an atheist in the park who was talking to children about cultural morality. How did that go? Patrick smiled tightly. He could, (laughs) well, you know how it is. Everyone is just dying for the easy road, and he could just smile and laugh and point at me, make a couple of stupid jokes. I don't know if I did the cause any good. Mom? Marie said, Well, my last conversation with Jada and Karen was really difficult. Her voice wobbled. I keep thinking that I should have done more decades ago, and Karen was so lost and so volatile. I 
thought that by staying in contact, we, I could do more good than harm, but, but I don't know that now. She shivered. I think that every time I see them, Jada just ends up further away from everything. Karen, oh, she's like a ghost at the moment these days. She's just beaten down, used up. Jada is hollowing her out. There is so much worry, so much despair, and I don't know how to counter it. I'll be straight honest. If we could pray together. She took a deep breath. I have no purchase on that child. Nothing left in common. David said, I wrote a whole rebuttal to something Christopher Hitchens talked about. It was really tough. He's got some very good arguments, and I had to pray very hard for inspiration. I got through, but it I, I took some blows, to be honest. His wife, Jennifer, said, I feel bad. I haven't done anything quite so adventurous. That bitter man at the end of my street in the house with the military green roof, I've been taking him lunch, trying to convince him to come back to the church because his health is failing, but he he saw so much in the wars that he's given up on God completely. I mean, I've been telling him that the devil sows war in order to harvest the hatred of God, but he's so full of pain and anger. He won't even answer the door when I come by anymore. And I, I just wonder, she sighed, I guess like, like everyone, whether I've just driven him further away, but but what am I supposed to do? Just let him fall forever? Diane said, I had to intervene at a playground where some kid was screaming that he was Jesus and jumping on puddles. There was a murmur of relieved laughter. I know it's kind of funny, but it's serious, too. I can't imagine doing anything like that when I was their age. That's only 20 years or so ago. Patrick quoted, There are decades when nothing happens. And there are weeks when decades happen. Diane pointed at him and nodded. That's the question, isn't it, Dad? Should we have done more? Richard raised his upper lip above his long yellow teeth. Come on, Diane. You're just inheriting this mess from 150 years ago. The moment people turned their children over to the state, this world was set in stone. People put the material above love, the paycheck above their children, obedience to bosses over obedience to God. And now we've got a couple of generations raised in daycare. They've just lost the maternal instincts completely and view time with their kids as a kind of torture. He sighed. But none of this helps with Jada. We're talking about one little person, not a big movement. Richard turned to Oliver. You don't think she can be helped? Slowly, Oliver said, I don't think that helping her changes much. The inevitable female gasps ran around the table. Even the men frowned. Why not? asked Richard neutrally. Oliver paused for a long moment, deeply considering his words. I asked you all what morally difficult things you had done lately because that's the whole point. Morality is hard. Being good is really challenging. You have to 
confront yourself, your own laziness, your own avoidance, your fallen nature. You have to rise despite yourself. But all Jada has to do is just hate, surrender to violence. You know that's where she's heading. That's what she applauds. Hatred is easier than virtue. She can feel virtuous by doing harm. There's no way out of that trap. Oliver's grim words were slowly considered by the bright eyes around the deep shadows on the table. Okay, let's vote, he said finally, staring steadily around, but not with the kids here. I can take them inside, said Diane. Come on, kids, let's put on a movie. Scattered, murmured conversation drifted across the white tablecloth until Diane returned. She had pulled the curtains wide in the family room so everyone could see the children settling in. Patrick said, What are we voting on, exactly? Oliver pursed his lips. Hands up if you think society can continue on its current path. Silence hung over the gathered men and women. A certain dizziness shivered through the gathered souls as perspective wrenched their mental eyes to the darkened skies. No hands were raised. Oliver nodded grimly. All right. How many here think that society will last in its current state for another 25 years? No hands. Ten years? Nothing. Five. Silence. I don't know if you're all just hypnotized or if you really don't think that society can last another half decade. It was halfway between a question and a statement. Mild qualifications and protests swirled around the table. David shivered and said, Oliver, we all know that you have a certain specialized perspective. What is going on? Oliver said simply, I wake up every morning expecting to hear trumpets overhead. There was a shocked silence. Several of the adults were tempted to laugh, but a kind of helpless seriousness froze their tongues. Oh, come on, said William angrily. My wife is pregnant. I know, said Oliver sadly. I'm not saying this because I want to hurt anyone. End times, murmured Keith. Sitting next to him in the dark, Iris shivered. Oliver gestured at all the pale faces. We all believe and accept these truths. I think about Jada just about every day, with great sorrow, but good reason. We all know that forgiveness is not something that you just will outside of the other person's actions. I would fall to my knees before her if Jada apologized or, or, or took any kind of responsibility. But she's an NPC, a non-player character programmed by an empty culture into a kind of weapon. His voice rose suddenly. Against us! You heard her that we have to just get out of the way. Oliver's eyes were dark and fierce. You know that those who worship the devil always proclaim their intentions so that their karma doesn't blow back on them. If they tell us exactly what they're going to do and we don't listen or we support them or we don't get out of the way, then it's not on them. It's on us. 
Jada hates us. She's been trained to. And I don't see any indication that she has any will or capacity to fight that hatred. It's tough enough dislodging a devil when you are desperate to. When you're happily married to one, you're totally lost. Murray whispered, no one is ever totally lost. I get that. In theory, Mom, I really do. But people asked for my opinion. He raised his hands. I can stop here. I don't want to say anything against what is right. His father said, we asked, you answer. Please. Oliver inhaled through his nose and counted his fingers with his other hand. First, we go to the sinner privately. Then we go as a group. Then we go as a church, as a family. Because, of course, for the first 300 years, Christianity was just 25 people in a room. We can try again. I I want us to follow scripture. But in my view, today, tonight, was the third try. Jada didn't apologize. She didn't offer to make amends. She didn't even admit fault. This was the third time. And after this, she's out. Do you know why she's out? Because we are not doing her any favors by protecting her from the effects of sin. She is rejecting God, love, virtue, empathy, and us. And it's more than just rejecting. I think she would drive a truck over us if we stood between her and her imaginary paradise. It's not like it would be the first time in history. And we... We are Christians. Tragically, we are often at our very best when we are being persecuted. The world is telling us very clearly what it intends to do with us. It's everywhere. You can't miss it. I won't let you. It's time to get to safety like Noah. And I'm not suffering any bite marks trying to pull everyone on board. If they want to stay, that's free will. Marie said, I thought you said that Jada doesn't have free will. Oliver shook his head rapidly. Mm, We're born with free will, just like we're born with healthy lungs. That doesn't mean we get to keep either if we do everything wrong. She's 27 years old. If you sit for long enough, you just lose the ability to stand. The only muscles she's been exercising are hatred and rebellion. And she can do that because... Oliver visibly bit his tongue. Because why? asked Iris, leaning forward, fascinated. Oliver's eyes narrowed. Because the state provides for her. State daycares raised her. State schools pretended to educate her. The same state schools employ her, and she can't be fired, and she doesn't have to do any good at all. In fact, I believe, based on what I've seen on her social media, that she's doing great harm to the innocence His voice grew in grim passion. And we all know what Jesus said should happen to those who harm the least among us, that millstones should be hung from their necks and they should be thrown into the deep water. And Jada believes that she will be provided for by the state, given health care by the state, supported in her retirement by the state. She has married Caesar. She is bought and paid for in perhaps the worst way. Iris turned to Keith. Oh, this is what you were talking about, the men's rights stuff? Keith shrugged, then nodded slowly. Oliver continued, Thou shalt not steal, and everything Jada has is stolen. We pay, she takes. 
She knows we homeschool, but she would never support that we get any tax credits for that. She hates school choice, any competition. She is married to the beast. I wish I could put it more gently, but the hour is getting late. Everyone knew that Oliver was talking about more than the darkness of this particular evening. Oliver leaned forward. Jada can't reason with us because she is taking from us. We know how the devil works. He he offers everything for free, then takes everything you have. We are the golden geese, and she wants to cut us open. She thinks that will liberate her. We know that it will end her, or at least her life as she knows it. The devil hides that knowledge from her. Oh, he will reveal it when it's too late to change anything, but until then she will be insufferable in her hateful suffering. Oliver stood up suddenly. I'm sorry, but I do feel very strongly about this. Come on! We twiddle our thumbs and make plans and try to save enemies who hate us, but the point of forgiveness is to become safe. We get angry, as Jesus did, no sin. We confront, we expect apologies and restitution. If we get them, we are safe. If we are scorned, ignored, or attacked, we ostracize and get safe that way. Listen, ladies, I love your sensitivity. I love your empathy. I love your warmth and concern. But we, we men are the ones who are going to have to fight if everything goes to hell. Save your tenderness for your children. We face predators in the world. There was silence. Iris's eyes were gleaming. She took Keith's hand without looking at him. Oliver's voice softened. We know who runs the world. His eyes fixed on each person's face, one by one. And we sure as hell know who's winning. <laughs>